Welcome back to the Bible Podcast. Today is March 14th, and we're reading through Joshua chapters 9 and 10. I want to thank Dr. Jonathan Gallagher at the Free Bible Ministry for making the Free Bible Version available for this podcast. Joshua chapter 9. All the kings west of the Jordan heard what had happened. These included the kings of the Hittites, the Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, who lived in the hill country, the lowlands, and along the coast as far as Lebanon. So they gathered to fight together as a united army against Joshua and the Israelites. But when the people of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, they decided on a cunning plan. They sent messengers to Joshua, their donkeys wearing worn-out saddles and carrying old wineskins that were torn and patched. They put on worn sandals that they had mended and wore old clothes. All their bread was dry and moldy. They went to Joshua at the camp in Gilgal and told him and the men of Israel, We have come from a land far away, so please make a treaty with us. But the Israelites said to the Hivites, Maybe you live close by. If you do, we cannot make a treaty with you. We are your servants, they replied. But who are you? Where do you come from? Joshua asked. Your servants have come from a land far away, they replied, for we have heard of the reputation of the Lord your God and reports of all that he did in Egypt and what he did to the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan, to Sion king of Heshbon and Og king of Bashan, who ruled in Ashtaroth. So our leaders and everyone who lives in our land told us, take what you need with you for the journey. Go and meet with them and tell them, we are your servants. Please make a treaty with us. Look at this bread. It was warm when we took it from our houses on the day we set out to come here. But now it's dry and moldy. As you can see, these wineskins were new when we filled them. But look at them now. They're split and damaged. These clothes of ours and our sandals are still worn out because the journey took so long. The Israelites tried some of the food. However, they did not consult the Lord. Then Joshua made a treaty with them, promising to spare their lives, and the leaders of the assembly swore an oath to guarantee it. Three days after they had made the treaty, the Israelites learned that the Gibeonites lived nearby, right among them. The Israelites left to go to the Gibeonite towns and arrived there on the third day. The towns were Gibeon, Kephirah, Beeroth, and Kiriath-Jerim. But the Israelites did not attack them. Because of the treaty sworn by the leaders of the assembly in the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. At this, all the Israelites protested against the leaders, but the leaders replied to the people, We swore to them by the Lord, the God of Israel, so we cannot lay a hand on them now. So this is what we're going to do to them. We'll let them live so that we won't be punished for breaking the oath that we swore to them. The leaders concluded, Let them live. So the Gibeonites became woodcutters and water carriers in service to the entire assembly, as the Israelite leaders had ordered. Then Joshua summoned the Gibeonites and asked them, Why did you trick us? You told us. We live a long way from you, but you live right next door to us. Consequently, you are under a curse. From now on, you shall forever be servants, woodcutters and water carriers for the house of my God. They answered Joshua, We, your servants, were told very clearly that the Lord your God had ordered Moses to give you all this land and that all its inhabitants were to be wiped out before you. So we really feared for our lives because of you. That's why we did what we did. Now we're in your hands. Do to us what you think is right and just. 
Joshua did as he had said. He saved them from the Israelites so that they did not kill them. That day, Joshua made them woodcutters and water carriers in service to the entire assembly and for the altar of the Lord, wherever the Lord should choose. That's what they do right up to this very day. Chapter 10. Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, learned that Joshua had captured Ai and destroyed the town completely, as he had done also to Jericho and had killed its king, just as he had the king of Jericho. He also heard that the Gibeonites had made peace with the Israelites and were allied with them. The people of Jerusalem were very frightened by this because Gibeon was a large town, as large as any town ruled by the king, and larger than Ai, and its men were tough fighters. So Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, sent a message to Hoam, king of Hebron Piram, king of Jarmuth, Japhia, king of Lashish and Debir, king of Eglon, saying, Come and help me attack Gibeon, because they have made peace with Joshua and the Israelites. So these five Amorite kings, the kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmuth, Lachish, and Eglon, and their armies gathered and set off. They surrounded Gibeon and then began their attack. The Gibeonites sent a message to Joshua at the camp in Gilgal, saying, Please don't abandon us, your servants. Come quickly and save us. We need your help, for all the Amorite kings of the hill country have joined in attacking us. So Joshua, all his fighting men and best fighters, set off from Gilgal. The Lord had said to Joshua, Don't be afraid of them, for you will defeat them. Not a single one will be able to stand against you. By marching all night from Gilgal, Joshua arrived without warning. The Lord threw the Amorite armies into a panic when they saw the Israelites. He struck them down with a great blow at Gibeon. He chased them all the way back to Beth Haran, cutting them down on the way to Azekah and Makedah. As they ran away from the Israelites down the slope from Beth Haran, the Lord hurled large hailstones down on them from the skies all the way to Azekah. More were killed by the hailstones than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. On the day that the Lord handed the Amorites over to the Israelites, Joshua spoke by the Lord in the presence of the Israelites, saying, Sun, stand still over Gibeon. Moon, stand still over the valley of Ajalon. The sun stopped moving, and the moon stood still, until the nation of Israel had inflicted defeat upon their enemies. This is recorded in the book of Jasher. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and did not go down for around a full day. There wasn't a day like this ever before or since, when the Lord listened to a human voice in such a way. It was because the Lord was fighting for Israel. Then Joshua and all the army returned to the camp at Gilgal. The five kings had run away and hid in a cave at Makeda. When Joshua was told that the five kings were hiding in a cave at Makeda, he gave this order. Roll some large stones to block the entrance to the cave and have some men guard it. But don't you stay there. Chase the enemy down and attack them from the rear. Don't let them escape to their towns, for the Lord has given them to you to defeat. So Joshua and the Israelites totally defeated them, striking them down and killing them. Only a few of them survived to escape back to their towns. The army returned to Joshua at the camp at Makeda, and no one dared even to threaten the Israelites. Then Joshua said, Open the cave entrance and bring out the five kings to me from the cave. So they did, bringing out the five kings from the cave. The kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmuth, Lachish, and Eglon. When they had brought the kings to Joshua, 
He summoned all the fighting men and said to the commanders who had gone with him, Come here and put your feet on the necks of these kings. So they came over and put their feet on their necks. Joshua said to them, Don't ever be afraid or discouraged. Be strong and be brave, for the Lord is going to do the same thing to all your enemies that you're going to fight. Then Joshua killed the kings and hung their bodies on five trees and left them hanging there until evening. As the sun went down, Joshua gave the order to take their bodies down from the trees and throw them into the cave where they had been hiding. Then the Israelites piled up stones over the entrance to the cave, and they are there to this very day. That day, Joshua captured Makeda, killing all its inhabitants, including the king. He set it apart and completely destroyed it and everyone in it, leaving no survivors. He killed the king of Makeda just as he had killed the king of Jericho. Then Joshua and the Israelite army left Makeda and went to attack Libna. And the Lord gave the town and its king to the Israelites. Joshua had everyone in it killed, leaving no survivors. He killed its king just as he had killed the king of Jericho. Then Joshua and the Israelite army moved on from Libna to Lachish, surrounding the town and attacking it. The Lord gave the town to the Israelites who captured it on the second day. Joshua had everyone in it killed, just as he had done in Libna. Then Horam, king of Gezer, came with his army to help Lachish, but Joshua and his men killed them, leaving no survivors. Joshua and the Israelite army moved on from Lachish to Eglon, surrounding the town and attacking it. They captured it the same day. Joshua had everyone in it killed that very day. He set it apart and completely destroyed it, just as he had done in Lachish. Joshua and the Israelite army left Eglon and went to attack Hebron. They captured the town as well as the towns nearby. Joshua had all the inhabitants killed, leaving no survivors. Just as he had done in Eglon, he set it apart and completely destroyed it and everyone in it. Then Joshua and the Israelite army turned and went to attack Debir. He captured it and its king and all the towns nearby. Joshua had all the inhabitants killed, leaving no survivors. Just as he had done in Hebron, he set it apart and completely destroyed it and everyone in it. He killed the king of Debir, just as he had killed the king of Libna. So Joseph conquered the whole land, the hill country, the Negev, the foothills, and the slopes, and all their kings. He didn't leave a single survivor. He killed everyone, as the Lord, the God of Israel, had commanded. Joshua destroyed them from Kadesh Barnea to Gaza, and the whole of the land from Goshen to Gibeon. All the kings and their lands were conquered by Joshua in one campaign, because the Lord, the God of Israel, was fighting for the Israelites. Joshua and the Israelite army then returned to camp at Gilgal. Looking into these chapters, brilliance doesn't necessarily equate with wisdom. Joshua too was brilliant, however, he wasn't always wise. This became obvious when the devious Gibeonites showed up asking for a peace treaty with the invading Israelites. The people of Gibeon concocted a deceptive strategy to protect themselves from the Israelites, pretending to be foreigners also. The Gibeonites made a treaty with Joshua. When Joshua later discovered the truth, he forced the Gibeonites to become water carriers and woodcutters for the Israelites. Nevertheless, Joshua had to honor the covenant and was forced to lead Israel against the armies of five kings who had attacked Gibeon. Looking deeper, opposition intensifies as we press closer to the promise. When the kings west of Jordan heard of Israel's great victories, they made an alliance to destroy God's people. 
We must stay alert lest we be tricked by the enemy. The Gibeonites slyly circumvented God's directions to Israel by fooling the leaders who relied on their own discernment. Prayerlessness is dangerous. Israel's leaders were fooled because they did not inquire of the Lord. When we pray, God gives wisdom so we won't be fooled by the enemy. We must keep our word even if it's painful. Israel's leaders had given their word so they couldn't back out on the promise they had given to protect the Gibeonites. God helps us make the best of a bad situation. The Gibeonites were made servants to Israel. Not an ideal situation, but the best solution to the problem. When we look back at the great leaders and the decisions that were made, I believe it becomes crystal clear. And a challenge or a problem that we've caused ourselves today is we spend too much time focusing on the problem and not the solution. By focusing on the problem, we cause a small little ember to rage into a forest fire. Moving forward, let's not focus on the problem, but focus intently on the solution. Let's pray. Help me remember, Lord, to pray about all decisions I face, lest I be deceived by the enemy of my soul. May I never become spiritually lethargic. Amen. Thanks for joining me on the Bible Podcast. Looking forward to being with you in Joshua chapter 11.